Hey, hey, everybody, welcome back to Freeze Frame episode 77, the show where we stop to take a moment to discuss all the heavily talked about news of the week having to do with movies, TV, streaming, and pop culture. I am your host, Ryder Maldonado, and today I'm joined by the East Coast Island boy, James Walmer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Hey, how's it going? And I'm happy to be here. Happy to be the island boy. Uh, won't be the island boy for long because I'm moving to Brooklyn. You know. Yeah, no, no. You're, you. I was like, oh, New York's the island, of course, Manhattan. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, how you been? How's it been over there? How's life? How's the the culture? Dude, it's been good. Culture's great. Um, people are so nice here. I was mm -hmm. talking to some people the other day, uh, at my grad school orientation, and they're saying like, people being mean in New York is a total myth. Some of the people here are nice, but they are not friendly. Like they are, or I'll yeah. say like some people would say they're kind but not nice. Oh. Like if you need something, they'll help you out. But mm -hmm. that doesn't mean they're going to be like, they're not means they're going to be. Oh my gosh, hi, love to help you. Yeah, tell me about. Yeah, people are like no, like let's let me like, help you do it. Yeah. Like we're getting we're wow. we're getting you through this. So that's cool. Yeah, I people bet it. Great. Yeah, I bet the, the 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 nature of people over there. So like helpfulness to be helpful because it's just part of human mm -hmm. nature. Like you know, I, I guess post nine eleven, like just the demeanor of of people in that part of the country is so you know enthusiastic well not enthusiastic i will i would say like you said you said it best <laughs> helping yeah, to help people yeah. are very supportive yeah. of mm -hmm. one another yeah and that's cool that's cool i'm glad that you're surrounded by that so that's awesome to hear well yeah. ladies and gentlemen welcome to 77 can't believe it's been this long uh let us know what you think on the reviews thank you so much uh for listening at home if you're listening on audio platforms we appreciate you we also have youtube you can check out the video podcast uh for if you become a member and we'll have a clip coming out soon hop on our discord we have instagram twitter and tiktok for quick updates we'll be hopping back on there very soon as well as plenty of content coming your way we got she hulk uh watch parties we got some more video game news coming up as well as coverage on d23 expo here in about uh yep. two weeks two weeks so we're uh gonna be preparing for that soon we're excited lots of busy stuff but mm -hmm. let's hop into core of the week uh last week's core of the week james if you want to did you brought did you bring this i was so lost when i read that. i was like did we do, i forgot i don't know no this is not me this is not me it says um okay it's <laughs> free for life day maybe even get home to the family but i guess that's not gonna happen this year huh that's from the mithral I feel like I don't you know what because we did a checkpoint together that I was like oh this is you too but I, I don't I guess Vincent was on last week and I just yeah. don't remember I don't remember where he put this from I guess he just threw it in there so <laughs> I'll ask Vince next time and be like hey bro what's what's this <laughs> dude what is this quote from yeah anyways there you have it um all right let's get into the topics let's get right into it we got a lot of fun stuff today um you brought this September 3rd National Film Day. September 3rd. National Film Day, baby. Go see a movie for $3. You can even see, like, IMAX films for $3. Um, I don't know if every theater is participating in this, or at least all big theater chains, but uh, go support a local theater, even though it's just $3, uh, if you can, and go see a movie. Yeah, absolutely. That's going to be a fun time. Definitely try and do that. That's going to be exciting. Um, we also want to get into... I recently saw a movie called Vengeance. Now, this yeah. comes from the recommendation of James. He's He's it's still a ten out of ten for you. Is that true? I'd say like a nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. Okay. You I remember you you hopped on Letterboxd, you put the review up and you said, I had to re-download the app for this just to put it right. Is that is that this one? <laughs> I did. You had to so I think that movie's really great. Off the recommendation of you, I saw this movie and instantly I was like, Okay, I'm in because one, it's BJ Novak. I've always been a fan of his mm -hmm. kind of writing style and who he is as a person. So 
I knew I was going to enjoy this because it's very relevant to our times, as well as mm -hmm. it speaks to our generation and, and and kind of the digital age, right? Like that's kind of what we go through, some of us, and kind of what we understand. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? I don't know. We can get into spoilers a little lightly, but what do you think about the movie? Yeah. I think um, it hit, especially as someone who is a um, who makes content that's journalistic in nature hmm. um who's engaged with a lot of journalism and stories and storytelling and um i as someone who has done a lot of writing on uh pertinent cultural issues through my school through undergrad as well as like you know not writing but like talking on these issues mm -hmm. through the podcast both freeze frame and checkpoint i think this question that the movie ass and that bj novak uh wrestles with of is the story about me or is this like how am i connected to the story there is this tendency not tendency this temptation for a writer for a journalist to become disconnected from their work to see the world through a window through um through a hands-off view right and mm -hmm. we even like talk about this when we talk about like bias in journalism how like you're not supposed to be biased but then what does it look like to understand that you as a journalist like as a person has an innate bias because of your experiences the way you interpret information is going to happen differently than from me to you writer mm -hmm. um and so I think there's it, it, the going back and forth and as BJ Novak, Novak struggles with this and as he talks to the like pseudo NPR head, um, I forgot her name, but he's like going through and he has a story about American, uh, about rural communities in America and American culture. And I'm like, this is great. You know, this is something I would write about. Mm -hmm. And then BJ Novak is like, well, actually the story is about me. And then, I was like, oh, that really hit home for me because I also disassociate from my <laughs> mm -hmm. from my local context and from my relationships and from the world in order to take perspectives on it. And then at the very end, those two kind of like come together when he makes the final decision at the end of the movie, he decides to insert himself into this story and actually like in some ways like abandons the story for, um, I don't know, to be invested in the community that he's yeah. in and to actually and to choose connection yeah. to the people around him. Yeah. So that's what I really, really love about this film. Very well said. Yeah. If that doesn't get you to go see the movie, I don't know what else will. <laughs> it's on uh, Prime. You can go rent the movie now. Um, yeah. It's very fascinating because, you know, take it as like a comedy or maybe a lighter film. I, I found it really deeply hit with me, you know, and I feel like especially what Ashton Kutcher's in the film and he has this one little monologue. He's great. He has a little bit there where it's it's almost meta and very, very true about what he says, despite who his character is. Um, there's very much truth in that. And so I was like, wow, this is speaking to me because of who we are, like what we do even with social media, trying to get our message out, our yeah. voice out. And it's mm -hmm. almost like we want our opinion, we want our opinions to be heard, but we're trying to I guess be seen, but we don't care about being mm -hmm. seen. But by not caring, that's kind of like part of the image. I don't know. It's crazy. So, right. so many deep little 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 details that a whole train of it can can be pulled out from that. So that was really cool. Mm -hmm. But yeah, well said, dude. So great film. Had a good time with it. Uh, and yeah. it's so funny too. Every yeah. character is very well written. Like I could just. Sit. It was also really well paced mm -hmm. for the time. I didn't feel like it dragged in any way. And 
um, I felt like I could just sit at that table and like watch like a whole two hours of them just like mm-hmm. talking at the dinner table. And I oh, would have been yes. like perfectly. Oh, I have okay to get into that. Uh, I have to tell you of all the Texas stuff, dude. Like this movie takes place in Texas. It's a Texas family. And man, there were so many things. I watched it with my buddy Peyton. We're both, you know, we lived in Texas for many years. I was born and raised there. He was born in New York, but he was, he lived all Texas his whole life too. We were mm-hmm. laughing at all the references. Like it is a bit uh, dramatized, but. The decorations of the house, the hype of Whataburger, the the character tropes of the parties, and kind it's of it's always it, it's, there. It's so good. <laughs> it's it was great. Oh yeah, yeah. It's all yeah. It's always there. The Whataburger. Yeah, always there. Honestly, that that was literally. If I could, you know, at night I'd be like, where am I going? McDonald's, Chick Fil A, Bill Miller's, Whataburger. No, it's just there. You just it's go. always yeah. Whataburger. Oh, it was, yeah. it was so good. And like, um, ah, there was some other. Oh yeah, the bless your heart. Like I had I had some ants that say that. Mm. Some of the decorations yeah. again in, in the, the same way, yeah, uh, kind of. Well, sometimes it's like like a caring, oh, like bless your heart. But yeah. sometimes, yeah, it is in that that nature of wow, bless your heart. Like you don't know, you you're mm, wow, you need help, <laughs> you know, a big F you. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, yeah. there's uh, there was some other stuff. I guess dressing up, or maybe it was the party stuff for like, oh, the dances, the like the, at the bar. There was a dance scene in a bar, and oh. that was very much like, yep, that's all of like. Texas and Austin and you, you know you go to places like that but that's funny stuff that's re- that really added to the experience <laughs> yeah I'm glad um, you had a great time with it yeah <laughs> thanks uh so yeah good stuff with vengeance um I also saw Rogue One again that was in the IMAX release yeah it was cool it had a preview of Andor like a 10 minute clip bro I gotta say Andor I'm very excited for Andor because it's very much ground level and I said cool. this when we when we saw the trailer we we all did a reaction right it was all three of us I believe mm-hmm Sorry, memory's bad, but when we saw the trailer, remember we talked about the dramatization through it. It was so dramatized, dramatized. I forget. I don't know the word. Like it was over, over dramatic. I'll say of Star Wars yeah. when it's like it's just Star Wars, but they get. It, it so, looks like a drama. Yeah, yeah. They get so it like. It looks more political. It yeah. looks more like you know more one-on-one conversation and picking up on details mm-hmm. through talking and stuff yeah like that as opposed to like big sequences mm-hmm. and fights and things like that yeah and that's that's what i love about star wars the kind of the deep political side so it was really good mm-hmm. this little clip that they showed an extension of what's already released some good little action but yeah it's gonna be great and then watching then rogue one after was like man rogue one's still top three maybe top two star wars film rogue one's great <laughs> love it rogue one's really so good. good um okay i gotta ask have you seen House of Dragon? I haven't seen, seen the second it? episode. Okay. But the first episode was awesome. First episode was first great. First episode <sighs> was so good. It's cool because I know we talked about it, but man, we really... Okay, I saw some comments about the theme, right? Well, you know, like the Game of Thrones sure. theme. Because we know the Game of Thrones theme. Right. Coming back. Do you think that's a good choice to... Or I should ask, what do you think the Game of Thrones theme means, means to you? Is it represent... The old show or does it represent Westeros as a whole? Because that's how I feel about it. Hmm. They brought it back and they were that's saying a good question. It should be different. No, that's a good question. I think um you know, I think it should be different. Okay. I yeah. think it should be a different theme. Okay. It mm-hmm. I I know it gets a theme for the second episode. Is it the same one? Yeah, it is the same theme. Different animation, different intro, but it is the same theme. Hmm. <laughs> I would like it if they did a I don't know why I'm making this comparison like a Seinfeld thing and they just changed it a little bit because you know in Seinfeld every episode it's the same theme but they just change it Mm -hmm. a little bit every episode and so I would like it if they just did in like a different key 
or you know mm-hmm. or something like that to set it apart yeah but have it still be connected mm-hmm. and have a sense of um homogeneity not homogeneity yeah. but like connectedness mm-hmm. to no, yeah. the whole westeros universe yeah absolutely yeah it was pretty cool to hear it but um yeah diving into this world's very very much more grayscale very uh downer like the, i saw this good comparison this family isn't as noble as the starks or as evil as no. the boltons they're very much at middle you know all the characters are kind of in that middle area so it's interesting to see mm-hmm. the drama that's going to be and this episode again was more like no spoilers i won't spoil it for you but like more yeah. of the first episode nothing really like there wasn't a Great. twist or anything different so you know what happens right. in the first episode um mm-hmm. the drama of some of these setups right with these characters i think it's very enticing because they're all kind of intertwined right and we're gonna see a lot more of that in the second episode and i hope we see more of it the whole season because it's it's gonna make for some good a good season i think some good stuff yeah i think it's a lot more interesting for me to watch characters that are in that kind of ride that gray area because they're less predictable yeah you know yeah how stark i know the decision they're <laughs> gonna make at the end of the day mm-hmm. but and same with House Lannister, you know. But at the end of the day, it's like I because in, in in that show in Game of Thrones, you need the dichotomies, mm-hmm. these two representatives of like this the nobility and you know the evil or the the um the I don't know what you would call it, the sinister not sinister, but like the clever, sort of like snarky, mm-hmm. you know methodical um, conniving kind of all those. Yeah, yeah, methodical conniving. You need the juxtaposition of the two. Mm-hmm in order to like play off of each other but when you don't have that's the thing about house of dragons so far is it's kind of just the targaryens mm-hmm. um so you need more gray area within mm-hmm. the house and the family so that you people are less predictable yeah yeah makes for good content like ooh, who's gonna go what choice are they gonna make here you know like it's all i think mm-hmm. it's this is all about the dance of the dragons which they reference in the show game of thrones so it's gonna get yeah like wow it's gonna be stirred up big but, events Good stuff. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Check it out. Um, let us know what you think, guys, in the comments. Let's talk. Let's talk House of Dragon. Uh, I can talk about it forever. House of Dragons. And uh, James, let us know your thoughts. Like, feel free to text us as soon oh, as you I see them. I want to. want to hear what you think. But um, okay. Hopping yeah. in now to our major news. If you want to take us away with our first little bit, I kind of want to get your thoughts on this because I asked in the Twitter, and I just want to hear what you think about this. Okay, <laughs> take us away. Okay. WandaVision director Matt Shockman is reportedly in talks to direct Fantastic Four. And uh, you star Penn Badgley is said to have spoken with Marvel, Marvel about the role or about, sorry, the role of Reed Richards. There it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, a lot of people love WandaVision, okay? A lot, a lot of people hold it up as still like one of the best Marvel shows. Mm-hmm. I didn't care for WandaVision. WandaVision. I just didn't think it was compelling. There was a lot of side character stuff that I didn't care about. I thought the first couple episodes were, like, really good. Um, But it just... I don't know. It it was a different thing every episode, but with one little tiny thread to connect it together. That's just not my style of TV show. Mm -hmm. Um, so I also don't know how to feel. What else? What else? Did he direct? Any, did he direct anything else? So this director is actually okay. This will be his first movie if he does it. He's done a lot of TV, but a lot of successful TV. Uh, many episodes of Game of Thrones. He's done many episodes of Succession. Really? And he's also done, okay. uh, I think, some episodes of It's Always Sunny. So lots of ensemble okay. TV. Surprising. I was shocked. Yeah. I didn't know. I was like, oh wow. But he hasn't done movies. But I think uh, 
the word on the street is Kevin he, Feige was impressed with him with WandaVision. He's also directing Star Trek Four. Oh yeah, so I think that was the plans. I think I think there were people were you know this is like the Twitter want to hear about what's happening with Matt Shackman's uh, Star Trek film. Well, now we know he's probably oh yeah he's loses gonna, yeah. loses director Matt Shackman yeah mm-hmm. two so, days ago. Maybe maybe you know if if that happens, hey, I'm all for it because TV. You know if you if you could succeed at TV, we see we saw it with the Russo brothers, right? The Russo brothers were mm-hmm. not that well known, but but Feige knew they could do ensemble because of community, and they did you know mm-hmm. pretty well with Avengers with a lot of characters. And so hey, if if he can do good with Marvel lore and kind of keeping it let's say somewhat contained, but also handle a lot of actors, I think doing a team of four plus some bad guys plus some side characters. I have some faith, and I think it'd be pretty cool. Um, yeah. As as for the casting, I don't think that Penn Badgley would be cast. I think I think the talk is he was talking with Marvel, and it's like cool. I don't think he's casted though. I think they're just saying they're just trying to get the hype up. You know, like it might be someone else though. I, I think it's gonna be someone else. Hmm. What makes you so sure? Um. Because well, it could be one or the other, but sometimes when when we start hearing about has talked usually it's like they talked about it but maybe we'll see him later on joining marvel in a different role but i don't know that's Mm -hmm. from experience it could be where you know since it's getting out now like maybe there's some sources at expo they announce the cast and he just comes out it's like yeah okay so it's what we had heard but i don't know there was this one actor i think his name is william jackson harper there's uh if you want to look up him that looks a pretty good casting i've seen him in a couple stuff i think the flash a little bit or a dc show um Mm. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he was in a um, uh, what's the show called? Uh, what was either... that show called? Uh, the Good Place. Oh, Good Place. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, I saw, that was yeah, good. Dream great. I was like, yeah, that could be good. Yeah, you know, that'd be really good. I could see either um, of these two actors being a good cast for mm-hmm. Reed Richards. Yeah, absolutely. There's a, I mean, it's a big role to take on. So, um, I'm gonna be doing a Marvel live stream hopefully in the coming weekend, and um. I have my I think I have my dream casting for the Fantastic Four. There's also rumors that Sue Storm is gonna be an actress that was recently in a big Disney project. And I think I know then who the actress will be. I'll just go ahead and say it because um well actually you know what? I it's funny because it's it's an actress from the show you. <laughs> it's the it's the girl it's not love. The girl from the first season, her name is Elizabeth Lale. Elizabeth Lale. If you want to look her up, um, the word on the street Lail. is L A I L. Yeah, I mean, there's some talks on that. I heard some like hmm. really bigger journalists being like, she was also a part of a Disney project. And I'm like, well, luckily for me, I saw um, this show called Once Upon a Time. She played uh, mm-hmm. Princess mm-hmm. Anna. And so that was a big show, big, big show at the time. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this has been like rumored for a long time. I think she might be Sue Storm, and it might be pretty cool. So we'll, cool. See, we'll see who she gets casted with. But it's interesting kind of with when it comes to a big casting, I'm always, like, trying to keep up with it because I want to see, like, it's, like, serious kind of this role. So we'll see what happens. We'll get more into it. We'll see what happens. Will we or will we not get Danny DeVito as the thing? Oh, uh, <laughs> that, that would be great. Danny DeVito is a part yeah. of a lot of Disney stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes tomorrow. That'd be cool. I would. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. I mean, no, I think I think it would not be a good casting, but <laughs> it would be funny. No, would, yeah, it would be incredible. I want to see because if they casted uh, like uh, Pat Patton, I think his name is Patton Oswald. You know that guy? He he's in Marvel now. Surprisingly, he's uh, really he's a character called Pip the Troll. 
<laughs> huh. And he's teamed up with Harry Styles. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah, it was interesting. He's was, funny, though. It was a post credit scene for Eternals. There were two little characters that popped up in the end. Oh, yeah. I remember Harry Styles popping up, but I didn't know this guy was with him. I think he was the voice. Excuse me. He was the voice of like a little troll guy, but. Okay. Anyways, moving on now. We got some DC stuff. Um, some interesting headlines here. Matt's, Matt Reeves has recently signed a multi-year film look deal with Warner Brothers. Now, this is good news for me because you know me. The Batman it changed who I was. It changed who I am. Yeah. You love the Batman, right? We, we saw it I together. I love Batman. It's a good time. We saw it at Warner Brothers, dude. How crazy is that? <laughs> we did. That was insane. That was fun times. Man, I can't believe we got to see it. That was wild. Um, such a good movie, and I'm excited for Matt Reeves. So he's currently working on the Batman sequel and the Penguin spinoff series. He's become the first filmmaker to get an overall film look deal since Warner Brothers Pictures group co-chairs. Mm. CEOs Michael DeLuca and Pamela Abdi were hired by Warner Brothers Discovery chief David Zaslov. So this is a part, part of the new hierarchy of power, pun intended, with David Zaslov um, to start up, you know, to kind of steer the film division. So this is a good idea. It's like Matt Reeves. Let's, let's get him on board with us. Yeah. What do you think? Good. What do you think of this? You can you can take it. With, Good. Take I love that. I love the support of Matt Matt Reeves. It's a, this is a smart decision on their behalf because we all know DC is in the fucking gutter right now. <laughs> we all know that DC can't hold their any of their movies up for shit. Um, everything they make is a, unless the Flash is actually as good as, as some people hearing, are saying yeah. it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but aside from that, they need directors to hold these characters on their shoulders and i think the best director who has done that so far is matt reeves with the batman which was widely acclaimed as like the best DC, live action dc movie mm-hmm. in since like Recent nolan years, yeah. which is what sure. you know um but i think it's really good that they lock him down put him in a contract so that they can just have they can support him and they this is a this is a Oh my god, I'm trying to think of an analogy. But this is a just a sure shot for DC. Yeah. This is the them right really stacking their cards well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so there's a new deal. Reeves has begun to search to find a senior level executive to run the new film deal for Sixth and Idaho, which is Matt Reeves' production company. Dylan Clark, mm-hmm. who has been Reeves' producing partner on the Planet of the Apes trilogy and the Batman, is also back for the sequel, but runs his own production label. Reeves won't take office space on the lot, but rather will stay in the 6th and Idaho's current headquarters. But I just said, I'm glad that they're bringing him on. And um, David Zaslov, you know, they, they put a new head of Warner Brothers film. They're trying to clean slate it. They're trying to wipe clean, uh, work with what they got now. But this is good Matt Reeves. And then we also have Dan Lin. If you want to get into this next article about a new producer coming. Yeah, prolific producer Dan Lin is in talks to become chief of DC Films and TV. Lin's past past producing credits include the Lego Batman movie, Godzilla vs. Kong, Sherlock Holmes, which is, which series is that? Is that the Robert Downey Jr. one? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it. Um, But these, for me, Mm -hmm. aren't super compelling. Yeah. Yeah, and and I agree. And I so I was watching, you know, uh, John Campio on YouTube. He's kind of does uh, film podcast. He does news stuff. Um, he's my go-to. I watch him a lot. Okay. And um, some of the people that are in that podcast are a part of Warner Brothers or previously worked in the company. And so they were talking about this guy Dan Lin, and they were saying that 
And Lynn, um, word on the street from some employees is that while he may not be as knowledgeable as the comic book lore, he is very dedicated to bringing the best stories, um, the best stories coming up, and that he's very you know open-minded and very, I guess, kinded, kind to, to startups and new stuff. So it seems like it's like, okay, good, another good choice, something different, a fresh kind of perspective in the company when it comes to DC, but... You don't, you don't always need somebody that's knowledgeable in the comics. You need a good producer. And so far, some of these films have been pretty successful. You know, it is, sure. you know, Lego Batman was successful. And also another thing, this producer is very knowledgeable about the widespread audiences, right? About what the audiences want, how to get a big blockbuster. So I think it's it's smart decision. It's it's interesting when it comes to DC. So Yeah, yeah I think it's good. Especially, like, I need to recognize this is the producer not the director mm-hmm. they're going to be making a different set of executive decisions yeah absolutely absolutely um some other sad stuff we have there are apparently funeral screenings happening for batgirl now I don't, that's not what warner brothers is calling it that's just the twitter <laughs> space of what they're calling it but there are some funeral screenings happening at warner brothers for cast crew and executives um this past week before the footage is apparently locked away deleted from servers forever Yep. I don't know. I hate to see it. Yeah, I, I hate, really fucking hate this. I don't think it's real though. I think. I mean, I think it might come back. I really do. That would be a hell of a marketing move. That would be. Could do you think? Could you see them trying to replicate like release the Snyder Cut or release the Batgirl? Dude, there's so many whack shit that's going on in movies right now. Like ever since I saw the tweet. And this is this is different. Oh, this is different. But ever since I saw people tweeting about gaslighting uh, Sony to re-release Morbius in theaters oh, yeah. to tank the studio, <laughs> I've been like, you know what? Anything's on the fucking table. <laughs> right. Anything can happen. Yeah, I saw. So um, I don't know why I put this in. I think we talked about this or on Twitter. We were sending it to each other. Warner Brothers has only enough. We already talked about this last week. They only have enough money uh, to release two films. Uh, each year right as of now it's okay. like i know that's wild right one of the original founding companies of movie films the movie hurting. films sorry of film history they only yeah. now apparently have enough money to release two movies a year and that's during worry darling with the uh, florence Pugh, and then yep. black adam yeah okay isn't that crazy so those two, there's a lot depending on those movies for the company yep but here's the thing when it comes to black adam i oh did you see what i remember what i said about since we want to do uh, a review might be coming from us for black adam i don't think you saw that twitter i sent the twitter it was a twitter message a while a couple of days ago but I'll, I'll tell you after the podcast okay great <laughs> but um yeah the the survival of warner brothers depends on black adam's box office numbers so it's not looking good <laughs> <laughs> no i'm just i don't think warner brothers will fail anyways um yeah you can take us away uh we got some more dc delays uh, Shazam Fury of the Gods shifts to March 17th, 2023. Uh, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom moves to December 25th, 2023 because of Avatar taking all the IMAX screens. What the hell, Avatar? <laughs> you know them. What the hell, James Cameron? This Christmas, they want them all. Um, I guess. Are you going to see it? Avatar? I, I've been always into Avatar just because of the technology side. I love technology. You I just don't know if it's like I don't know if it's that. I might see it just to see what's going on. Mm-hmm. But um, I like back then, technology was like peak. Yeah. 
but stuttering. now it just looks average. Yeah, in comparison. Well, uh, yes, it. Okay, in comparison to what's going on now, yeah. But I guess on its own, with how much they've worked on it, I think there's a lot of little bits and pieces here that it's like, how did you do that? Kind of like there's a scene where he's pulling leather. And the water kind of goes through on his hand and i saw some cgi artists kind of reacted and they're like there's i don't know how that's possible because it's so advanced oh, that's but pretty cool little stuff like that but i guess to the normal viewer you're just like oh yeah. it's just a guy painted blue it's like no that's that's cg so yeah i don't know I, I think the second one i'll see it i don't need a third fourth and fifth that's just ridiculous i don't need all these movies <laughs> i don't need all that i was 12 when the first came out first one and i, I my my parents we all saw yeah. it so Second one, I'm older now. I can kind of be conscious of it, but I don't. I don't need more. I don't need too yeah. many. Um, okay, here's here's some great stuff. Uh, have we ever seen a little show called Community? Community is my favorite sitcom. <gasps> oh. I've rewatched the show like five times. That, I'm great. I'm glad to hear it because apparently yeah. a movie is a matter of when, not if. It's on the way. Says Dan Harmon. Yeah. Now you know the joke. They kept making a meta joke. Six seasons in a movie. That's what they wanted to do. Yep, so I remember that. Yep. <laughs> we have six seasons, and where's the movie? Apparently, it's going to be coming. Um, this show debuted on NBC, finished its run as a Yahoo's screen original in 2015 with six seasons. It went yeah. to Netflix. Great, great time. Um, yep. If you want to read the second article right here, second part. Um, whose quote is this? Uh, let's see. This comes from This Dan is Harmon. from Dan Harmon. I'll confirm what Allison said, and that's Allison Brie, I assume. That's who he's... Yeah, yeah. But so. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. I actually uh, skipped the first point. I thought you just summarized Oh, that. no, it's okay. No, you did. You did. You yeah. did. Mm -hmm. Cool. Uh, I'll confirm what Allison said, which is, is that the legit legitimacy is here. Conversations and agreements are happening. Harmon told The Wrap during an interview about the upcoming season of Rick and Morty. There's a story. Who knows if we'll end up sticking to it, but it was something we had to compile in order to take it out in court various venues. And now negotiations happen. So it's in the works. Negotiations are presumably happening now um, about technicalities and what it means to make a community movie. That's exciting. I think it's great. Um, I want to see who they bring back. Like, I think there was there's six members, right? But then at the end, it kind of became five because of um, Chevy Chase was like, <laughs> ride well, him out. He died. Yeah, he died in the show, right? They they wrote him out. He died in the show, was. and then <laughs> Troy left. That's right. Yeah, I would go sail the world or something yeah. like that. <laughs> Troy and Abed, I miss them. Um, yep. If they do a paintballing scene, I'm all in. They have, they have to. They have to. They're contractually <laughs> obligated to have a paintball oh. scene. I want like a whole half an hour of the movie to be huh. paintball. And maybe they make fun of, poke fun of like a Marvel movie or superhero genre because they they have to. They're so good at that, you know, at poking they're fun. They're so at, good at that, man. Like it was corny at times, but that was the character of it, you know. I love that Pay show. Maybe it doesn't hold up as well now, but I'd love to go back and give it a rewatch. Maybe yeah, take it for too. a sixth time around. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fitting. Six seasons, six yep. times. Um, six times. All right. Well, up next we got a big one. This is all you. Um, let me go ahead right. and bada bing, get it started. Bada boom. Let me check here, and we're ready to go. All you. All right. Next up, Horizon Zero Dawn Netflix series is being developed by Umbrella Academy showrunner Steve Blackman. Under the multi-year pact, Blackman will write and produce new series and other projects for Netflix under his newly launched Irish Cowboy production banner. He's currently developing two sci-fi series. 
Horizon Zero Dawn with Michelle Lavretta. Am I pronouncing that correctly, Ryder? Yes, that's how I'd say it. <laughs> who also serves as co-showrunner based on the PlayStation action-adventure game and ISS drama. Netflix had been looking to put together a TV series based on Guerrilla Games' Horizon Zero Dawn, set in a post-apocalyptic United States inhabited by robotic creatures and following clever outcast hunter Aloy for the past few months. Quote, Horizon Zero Dawn and Orbital are elevated, event-level projects grounded in characters that fans will love and relate to, which are hallmarks of Irish cowboy productions, said Blackman. We're thrilled to be working with Netflix and all of our partners on developing these groundbreaking stories. Netflix's Bioshock sets the Hunger Games franchise director, game, uh, sorry, Francis Lawrence at the helm. That comes from Get Fandom Gaming. Um, two <laughs> huge video game adaptations coming to the silver screen. And Ryder, I want to know what you think. This is crazy because I feel like uh, for the first time in, in our age, in the past recent year, we've seen a lot of video game adaptations. I think Tomb Raider were some of the first ones that we saw. Um, now we're starting to see a lot more show adaptations like The Last of Us being very successful, kind of a lot of money's being put into this. They're starting to uh, notice that these stories in these video games are very uh, significant and need to be shown to a wider audience. And so it's cool to see right. that there are a lot of games that you know we know and love that are coming to shows and movies and a lot more companies like Amazon and especially Netflix now is are taking them and bringing them to their own thing. But... Sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes they're failures. Sometimes they're successes. We can talk about it. Um, you have some great points that you want to talk about. What are the versions um, that we get when it comes to this? Yeah, so you get three versions. Then I want to talk about something else right after okay. that. You get, normally get three versions of um, game-to-movie adaptations. Mm. And one is that you take the world of the game, maybe some characters, and you put separate you tell separate stories in the same world. We saw this with like Resident Evil. Um, you have still have Umbrella Corp or Core, and you have the um, the T virus and mm -hmm. all these things. But you don't have. I mean, maybe you get Wesker, but you don't get like Chris and um, Leon mm -hmm. and those different. characters. Um, but you also have retellings of stories that kind of pay homage to so i use a video game example like final fantasy 7 remake in which mm -hmm. it's a newer updated version of the game but it and but they tweak little bits to the story here and there so it's not the exact same story and then there's a straight up adaptation where it's you know copy paste same characters same events same mm -hmm. dialogue a lot of the times mm -hmm straight poured across and i think that's what last of us is going to be like but i want to talk about something else writer and that i think um hollywood is starting to catch on that a lot of these franchises because games are long mm -hmm. right these are not two-hour experiences mm -hmm. that you need to give them more room to breathe narratively on the yeah. screen and i think that's why um that's why shows are being becoming a more popular avenue to translate games to um visual other forms of visual media absolutely yeah we've seen it with uh, animated shows uh more successful mm -hmm. recently the witcher the witcher has of course yep. the successful tv show as well as the animated series that they're trying we've seen cyberpunk in an animated show um right here's a list of currently netflix is working on the status of live action game adaptation the division uh film is apparently coming on its way an Assassin's Creed series was announced back in 2020, 
Uh, we talked about that a long time ago. Um, we also have Beyond mm -hmm. Good and Evil movie, uh, well, Pokemon series. Yeah, lots of old stuff. And, uh, of course, the Bioshock film. Directors found for that. And then uh, The Witcher Blood Origin, which is another spinoff coming uh, this year. I mean, just lots of stuff, lots of potential here. I mean, there's so many video games out there with iconic storylines that, I mean, you know, have shaped some of our young lives. So, again, it's cool that they're doing this, that more people get to experience them. But I hope that they're done right. I mean, we've seen, I guess, Ghost of Tsushima is getting one, as well as um, a lot of PlayStation. We've seen PlayStation really pushing their originals to be yeah. to be different mediums. Uncharted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's cool. But it's interesting. We'll see. Um, yeah. It's cool. I... I think for me, as a closing remark, I think for me, I really want there. There's a barrier of entry to gaming, mm -hmm. and I want to be cognizant of that. But I think it's different to spectate a movie mm -hmm. and to watch something than to be in control of a character and to be putting yourself in their shoes and having that sort of experience. I think a really great director will be able to put the audience in that seat of being in the main character's shoes but we will just have to see <laughs> well said well said well there you have it ladies and gentlemen let us know do you think that video games should be adapted to movies or shows should be limited let us know you can subscribe here in the channel or become a member to check out our full podcast for two dollars a month or you can check out you can listen to the audio platforms for free link down below on spotify apple google wherever you listen to your podcasts Thanks for watching, and we'll see you all for the next news article here on the channel. All right, cool. There you have it. Good stuff. Good stuff. Sorry, I was Great stumbling stuff. on my words there. Um, no, you're good. All right. Um, yeah, you can close us out with what we have of other studios. Florence Pugh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Florence Pugh will not be doing press for Don't Worry, Worry Darling outside of the film's premiere at Venice Film Festival. There's a little bit of drama between the director and the actress, but anyways, we're excited to be reviewing this soon. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny because I don't know. Did you see the Olivia Wilde video that was put out? Um, no. So apparently Shia LaBeouf is supposed to be in this movie. And um, Really? Yeah, I know, Wilde, right? And, and um, the director, of course, Olivia Wilde was like, hey, you know, Shia takes so long in this process that she had to fire him for the betterment of the film. Apparently that's not true. Shia left the movie and Olivia was trying to get her to be a, a you know, was get him to stay a part of it. So she put out a video. Oh. She sent him a video. He released the video apparently. And so that was kind of the, oh the drama of it all. But she was saying, uh -huh. this is not looking good for <laughs> Olivia Wilde. But yeah, the film's not coming. not liking Olivia Wilde right now because of it? I guess so. And then apparently Negative like, reaction. apparently there was some drama with her and Harry that Florence was like not putting up with. So oh, wow. she's being salty because they are dating. Yeah, for those who don't know. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, I don't like believe what you want. Apparently, she cheated on Jason Sudeikis with Harry or something like that. Oh shit! And so Florence was like, "I'm not. I don't care for Olivia." So she's not doing press. She's like, "I don't want to. I don't want to." This is juicy. <laughs> I know it's pretty funny. And I was this like, "Wow!" <laughs> but I mean, the movie is. I hope the the movie will probably be successful. We'll be talking about it soon. We'll be reviewing it. I want to get into it, but um, yeah, there you have it. That okay? Batman: Caped Crusader. What do you know? There's there's a lot of talks about this. I was very much like, okay, what's going on? What's about this? HBO's like canning it. Other studios are trying to bring it up. I'll get into it, but I want to know what are your thoughts on? Yeah, I don't know. Um, you know anything about? 
<laughs> I love Batman animated media. Mm -hmm. I think all of DC's animated media is. Am I going to say this right now? I think all of DC's animated media is better than their live action media wholeheartedly. There you go. Yep. I would agree already. And, and I really want them to invest in good animated material. And I think that includes a great new Batman animated series that can have adult themes in it, mm -hmm. which I'm not sure if that's the case for Cape Crusader, but I would, I would just really like that because even if you look at Batman, the animated series and Batman beyond, those are two shows that were like, those they're like the in quotations for kids oh. that you're like <laughs> yeah. that you watch and you're like this is a kids show but some stuff in there huh dude i, I would some of this stuff is heavy <laughs> i would tell you what's not for kids harley quinn bro you have to check out harley quinn it oh, is oh i know i i hear it's, it's so good. like this this new season the new episodes that are dropping it is so funny because it's kind of meta with with the jokes it's very relevant mm -hmm. but it is so raunchy and so like like rated on to the max that yeah, you're just totally like, over the top yeah. <laughs> yeah it's very funny yeah harley's crazy and there's some characters like king shark he's man he's a character he's, he's funny but yeah um he also his apple tv plus hulu and netflix are apparently in high interest in acquiring batman the cape crusader oh interesting apple tv yeah so lots of lots of wild stuff here the news of the cape crusader and five other animated projects were being scrapped was poorly handled and obscured the fine print Cape Crusader, Cape, Cape Crusader, sorry, which aimed for a bit of an older audience than the other titles, Great. remains in production. Guess what? So are the others. Merry Little Batman, The Day the Earth Blew Up, a Looney Tunes movie, Bye Bye Bunny, Looney Tunes musical, <laughs> Did I Do That, To the Holidays, a Steve Urkel story, and The Amazing World of Gumball, the movie, are also in various stages of production. Interesting. <laughs> no, pretty wild. This comes from, again, David Zasloff. He hops on. There was some stuff that he wanted to, you know, clean slate, remove. Um, they're not being scrapped. They just won't be shown on HBO Max. It's not a quality issue, but an economic and strategic issue. It's believed that the various Warner divisions making the show and movies will make more money on the titles by selling them to other outlets than having them on Warner's own streamer. I mean... Because Warner Brothers owns HBO? Yeah, yeah, they, they, they own HBO, but I, I, just, I don't get, I don't. Are you saying they're gonna, they're gonna make more money selling them off on contracts as opposed to hosting them on their own platform? Probably, yeah, I guess. Cause I get, I, I think the, 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 like, for example. But they want more subscribers. Yeah, I, okay, here's, here's my thought process. If you release a show like House of Dragon, you expect yeah. subscriptions to go up because people are buying it. I guess they're right. thinking if we, if we drop these shows and new movies, we're gonna lose money by putting in them into production. I like they don't think they'll gain subscribers from it. I guess. Right. They think people are just gonna like people aren't going to subscribe to HBO Max for mm -hmm. a Batman series. Yeah. So I can guess gotcha. they're like, if we sell it, we'll sell it for millions and mm -hmm. make the money back from what we did and make three it. movies a year. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of two, we get we get some money. We get we get some change to work with. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, funny stuff. I mean, <laughs> this time, like two weeks ago, you could have asked me. I would have been like, I don't know what Warner Brothers is doing or HBO. They're they're done. They're done. But hey, maybe maybe I feel like they're making. They're like, we gotta we gotta dig us dig us out of the hole. We gotta God help them. God, God help, help them. them. <laughs> God help them. I'm interested to keep up with the, with uh, this company. We'll see. Me too. All right.
uh, first look at Randall Park and Melissa Fumero in Blockbuster, a Netflix series about the last ever Blockbuster video store. The series releases on November 3rd on Netflix, and there's photos on Twitter through Discussing Film. You can go check out. I put the link here. Um, man, what it, what's your uh, most significant memory of Blockbuster? Were you ever a Blockbuster guy? Dude, I was never a Blockbuster kid. I always saw Blockbuster, but you know what? Us people on the West Coast, what you know about Hollywood video? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Dude, say, I, I stay I'm posted up at the Hollywood video. I, I think I only went in once, and from someone going to Blockbuster all the time, I was like, this is amazing of Hollywood video. I was blown away because it's so big, right? It was a lot bigger. It was huge. huge Hollywood yeah. video was huge, and it had games, too. Oh, yeah. So I rented a bunch of GameCube and PlayStation 2 games from there, as well as some movies. Dude, my, my best memories of Blockbuster were... Uh, we would always get the popcorn, but I would rent the game like Star Wars Republic Commando. Rent that one mm-hmm. a lot. And then um, I rented like a Ratchet and Clank game. That was kind of weird. I don't remember which one it was, but good times at Blockbuster. I'll never forget. We went every weekend practically, but yep. I'm interested. We'll see. Netflix, don't let me down with this. <laughs> My childhood. Okay, moving on now. We got Disney Plus. Live action King Kong origin series is in development at Disney Plus. I got to say, for all the King Kong franchise, they're doing a lot. They're doing a lot. They're doing a lot. They're doing the most, you could say. <laughs> Try to milk it for what it is. Uh, James Wan will executive produce with Paper Girls creator Stephanie Folsom writing the script. Huh. Yeah, lots of... I thought he was just a big gorilla. Not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, they're like getting into... I thought he was always there. Um, they want to get into like the lore of the world of Skull Island and all I that, guess. which... I guess. I don't know, I don't know who's asking for it, but <laughs> who's asking? Uh, Christian Slater will start in the Spiderwick Chronicles as. Oh, they're redoing the Spiderwick Chronicles. I know. I was shocked to hear that too. I was like, what? Wow. Uh, he's starring as the villainous ogre Mulgarath, a capital V villain who does what all ogres do: he eats people, an insatiable desire to consume. Mulgarath wants the secrets contained in Arthur Spiderwick's field guide to the natural world for a nefarious scheme that will satisfy his hunger. I hear this is a one-season commitment. Yes. As well, uh, coming after this, Kat Koiro will direct the first two episodes of the series, a modern coming-of-age story combined with fantasy adventure produced by Paramount Television Studios and 20th Television. Yeah, my, I remember watching this movie uh, in theater. Mulgrath freaked me out. Like, I was like, give me that book, boy. He was, said something like that. I never watched it, but I want. I remember wanting to. Was, I read like, oh, okay. one of the books. Okay. I respect. I, more more strength than me. I was never a book guy, but this this apparently was huge for the kids. And, uh, yeah, I remember watching the movie. Vivid, vivid, lucid dreams of it sometimes. <laughs> um, Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I, we'll see what happens. Good stuff. Good stuff coming. Good choices, Disney Plus. Okay, now moving on now. That's uh, all the big stuff that happened this past week. Um, some wild headlines. Let's get into night light news. We'll just uh, read these back and forth. Uh, Netflix is mm-hmm. getting an ad-supported tier. It will cost somewhere between 7 and 9 per month. Uh, dollars, that is. <laughs> and we'll launch later this year. 7 and 9 US dollars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Halloween ends. Stocks into theaters and Peacock on October 14th. Uh, we have Kirby. Is that a Michael Myers film? Yeah, this so it's a trilogy right now. Last one in the trilogy. Apparently, it's going to end forever. I give it ten years, but wow, okay. I think uh, what's her name? <laughs> until it reboots again. Yeah, until the reboot. But um, 
Jamie Lee Curtis. Sorry, Jamie Lee. She's you know she's been in the she's kind of the star of the trilogy, so it's kind of like her final mm. final one. Cool. Curb your enthusiasm returns for season twelve, soon on HBO. Fun. Jeffrey Dean Morgan joins the boys cast for season four. I thought that uh, Stranger Things season five. Uh, the the Duffer Brothers posted a photo on Instagram. They're plotting. They have a plotting grid on a marker board. Has eight episodes apparently. So can't wait for Eleven to scream and. <laughs> kill the final villain again just gonna say no papa no more papa <laughs> i need more snacky papa <laughs> <laughs> and lastly house of the dragon has officially been renewed for season two after one episode that wasn't even after the second episode release that was halfway through the week mm-hmm. between the first and second episode which is pretty <laughs> incredible. Yeah. I want to see you kind of put on a bald cap, put on a white hospital uniform, and I want to see your impression of Eleven being like, Papa, I don't know why it would be so good. <laughs> but I don't know. If, oh. if you could cosplay anything, what's your go-to cosplay? Like, any character? Dude, uh, right now, because of my current haircut, it would be mm-hmm. Milo from Atlantis. Oh, 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 that's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Wow, mm-hmm. yeah, put the glasses on, man. With the, and the, right. you get the shirt. Oh. Or you uh-huh. can do the vest and the kind of the bow tie. But I think the shirt, right, with the Yeah, the with jacket. like the cargo pants. Oh, man, that'd be good. That'd be a great one. Uh, mine currently right now is still Batman. I'm still in it. Just got some. Dude, that's going to be a good-ass cosplay. I'm excited to show you. I'm, I got some new uh, boxing wraps. Nice. I, I'll, be, I'll be wearing this every day. I'll wear it for a podcast episode. I don't care. I'll put on the whole you thing. You have to. <laughs> For Halloween, we'll do a special. Um, but okay, what? Uh, let's get into our recommendations. What we've been watching, what we've been trying to keep up with, mm-hmm. despite our busy lives. Yep, I've watch? been watching. Oh, let's see what I've been watching. I've been getting back into Seinfeld. I nice. love Seinfeld. Being <laughs> a great. New Yorker, mm-hmm. I was watching Seinfeld. It's great. Uh, catching up on Game of Thrones. Just started season four. Um, still need to watch house of dragon season or sorry episode two and i'm watching code geass lelouch of the rebellion which is an anime mm-hmm. and uh last night i watched a movie called another round with mads mickelson it's a dutch movie filmed in the netherlands and um it's pretty great i'll say it, i'll give it a seven out of ten but i think you should watch it because it's it's a fun movie i remember seeing um I think it was during award season, the clip of him dancing around, right? It was him. Yeah. At one time. I, I got to hand it. Mads Mikkelsen, after, cause that, you know, he's in Rogue One. He's he's a great actor that you would think he was so serious that he's kind of uh, choosy with his roles, but he's done so many, so many different things. He right? has range. Marvel, has range. Star Wars, but then also like he's indie in films. What was he in Marvel? He was the bad guy in Doctor Strange. Isn't that crazy? The first one. He was he Dormammu? Uh, Kaecilius, he was like the the loyal the loyalist to Dormammu. Um, oh. But yeah, James, he's a Bond villain. I mean, he's yeah, so good. Yeah, he's the Bond villain. I want to see him. I feel like, okay, correct me if I'm wrong. He was in a Hideo Kojima game, right? Wasn't he? Yeah, attached? he was in. He was in. He was a major character oh. in Death Stranding. That's right. See, oh, super cool. Respect him a lot. I'd love to meet him. Give him a big yeah. old hug. <laughs> um, yeah, I just... I, he's, he's an actor who I don't want to hug. 
<laughs> he just doesn't have a huggable face. But let me explain why. Because he's one of those guys where I kind of want to break. You know what I mean? Like, I feel... No. <laughs> You're like, I can change Yeah, him. like, I feel like, you know, he'd be like, don't touch me. And I'd be like, no, 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 come on, come on. And he'd be like, okay, you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. Very weird thing for me to say. But <laughs> you know what I mean. You're, That's you so it, yeah. funny. That's um, so funny. We... <laughs> I've been watching, of course, House of Dragon. Episode 2 is fun. I, I finally got to Vengeance. I was happy about that. Um, yep. So many things on my list because of you both. You and Vince just recommending bangers left and right. So that's kind of where my list of watches, my my list of movie watch list comes from. But Rogue One, I recommend Rogue One any day, man. Great Star Wars content there. But that's about it. Not, I mean, I, watch, I, I mainly watch a lot on YouTube, you know, in my life. Okay. Um, we're at quote of the week. This comes from the brain of James. Let's, uh, you want to take whichever role you want, whatever you want. I'll there's, do the there's three, four, there's four roles here. Oh, oh, never mind. Oops. Okay. Uh, let's just go back and forth. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> um, the city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportions. What do you mean biblical? What he means is Old Testament, Mr. Mayor. Mayor. Real wrath of God type stuff. Exactly. <laughs> Fire and brimstone coming down from the skies, rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes. The dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. All right, all right, I get the point. Hop in our Discord, let us know what you think that is. Um, we'll be talking about that. We'll reveal it next week, so stay tuned here on the podcast. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for watching. If you're on YouTube, we appreciate you being a member. Hop in our TikTok, hop in our Discord. Lots of updates coming very soon for more content. Um, James, thanks as always for hopping on with me, buddy. Appreciate of course. It. Good time. As Lots always. of fun times. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you guys next week. Have a great week. Enjoy all the content out and uh, enjoy yourselves. Don't be afraid to go outside once in a while. I, I That's mainly for me because I'm stuck in my room all the time. <laughs> Oh, no, it's okay. It's okay. Anyways, bye everybody. We love y'all. Have a good one.